Hello and welcome to the Top Story, a podcast with the headlines of the day from our correspondents around the world. I'm Sui. Coming up in this edition, Israel says the release of hostages under a temporary truce with Hamas will not happen before Friday. OpenAI has announced that Sam Altman will return as CEO days after he was fired by the board. And China and Uruguay have upgraded bilateral relations to a comprehensive strategic partnership after their presidents held talks in Beijing. We start with the Israel-Palestine conflict. Israel says the release of hostages under a temporary truce with Hamas will not happen before Friday. The two sides agreed on Wednesday to a ceasefire in Gaza for four days. The deal includes hostages for prisoners swap and the delivery of humanitarian aid into Gaza. Sam Matnik with the Associated Press has more from Jerusalem. Just got word in from Israel's national security advisor that it wasn't going to start the earliest Friday. This is the hostage prisoner swap. What it would entail is 50 people on Israel's side in exchange for 150 Palestinian prisoners who are in Israel. All of them are women and minors. The deal also includes a four-day cessation of fighting. Hamas said that Israel is not going to fly its aircraft over the south of Gaza and that it's going to stop flying it for six hours a day over the north. This deal is going to be done in batches where hostages are going to be released over this four-day period. But there is the possibility that it could be extended, says Israel. They said that they could extend it for 10 hostages, additional hostages released each day after this initial four-day period. It's unclear, though, how many days that would go for. It's also unclear who is going to be part of this deal. Israel released on Wednesday a list of 300 names of Palestinian prisoners who could potentially be part of it. Many of them were teenage boys who had been detained for things like throwing stones or disturbing the public public order. On the Israeli side, we know it's going to be women and children. On Wednesday, in an interview with NBC, United States National Security Advisor said that there were at least three Americans who were part of this, two women and a child. And Also, part of this deal is increased humanitarian assistance into Gaza. Hamas said that hundreds of trucks were going to be in Gaza, bringing in fuel, medical supplies, and going to the north of Gaza, where the fighting has been the most catastrophic. If this is the case, it would be a stark increase from what has been coming in, sometimes less than 100 trucks a day. But I've spoken to people in Gaza who say that this deal does not benefit them at all. They don't need hundreds of trucks. They need thousands. I spoke to a man whose house was destroyed in the north and he's since moved to the south. He said people don't have water, shelter or food. They don't have money anymore. He said they're bartering to get basic necessities. And some analysts I've spoken to have said that Israel hasn't really crippled Hamas's infrastructure that much yet and that can use this pause right now to regroup and bolster its troops. But meanwhile, the humanitarian situation is becoming more and more catastrophic. The World Health Organization on Wednesday said that nearly 100, there have been nearly 180 hits on its infrastructure since the beginning of the war, and that 27 of 36 hospitals are no longer functioning. That was Sam Matnik reporting. The four-day truce between Israel and Hamas, brokered by Egypt, Qatar and the United States, should open the door for a lot more humanitarian aid to reach the stricken Gaza Strip through the Rafah border crossing with Egypt. That's the only link from the enclave to the outside world. Yasser Hakim has more from the border crossing as the clock ticks down to the actual implementation of the deal. 
here because of the truce, uh, the expectations are there will be more room for an influx of uh, humanitarian aid from the Rafah border crossing, making use of the lull in violence or in fighting. Uh, before, the number of trucks uh, were extremely small amounts every day. We're talking the 50s or even to 100s in, in some cases. But this is uh, extremely low uh, compared to the needs in the Gaza Strip. On the way from Al-Arish city to the border, hundreds of trucks can be seen queuing up and on standby, while many more are arriving from Cairo to cross the border once the ceasefire begins. Officials say they hope they can unleash at least 300 trucks a day into Gaza, also to allow for the evacuation of more injured Palestinians as well as the foreigners and dual nationals from the Rafah border crossing. That was Yasser Hakam at the Rafah border crossing. Meanwhile, in Gaza, Palestinians are excited about the four-day respite agreed by Israel and Hamas. But some people taking refuge in the south say what they really want is a truce that can allow them to return to the north. Noor Harazin has more. Hamas uh, spokesperson um, Musa Abu Marzouk said in a statement that this uh, truce will start at 10 10 a.m. on uh, Thursday. However, uh, other Hamas leaders uh, like Tahir Nuno said that still they did not agree on a specific time of this uh, truce. So um, we cannot say that we actually know when uh, this truce will go into effect. However, what we know is that Hamas will release 50 uh, of uh, those hostages while Israel will um, uh, free 150 Palestinian prisoners, all women and children under the age of uh, 19. At the same time, uh, Egypt will keep the Rafah border open, allowing uh, hundreds of humanitarian uh, trucks of humanitarian aid to enter the Gaza Strip. Of course, most of them have food, medical aid, and most importantly, uh, fuel. People here on the ground in Gaza, they are they are, are divided. I mean, most of them are happy and excited that finally they will get some rest, even though it is just a matter of four days. However, uh, we have people who are, especially those who are um, refugees or fled from their homes in northern Gaza and came here to take shelter in southern Gaza. These people were actually looking forward for a truce that can uh, allow them to go back to northern Gaza to their homes, check on their homes, maybe get some of their needs. However, unfortunately, this truce does not have this condition and uh, people only can go one way from Gaza to southern Gaza. That was Noor Harazin in Gaza. Now turning to Europe, a new immigration bill will be scrutinized by MPs in France next week after senators approve a first draft of the legislation. The upper house amended the government's original proposals, shifting the measures in a bill more to the right. Russ Cullen reports. The French government is preparing for another extended parliamentary battle with its new immigration legislation. Now, senators have voted it through. They chose to harden up the proposals and the opposition have strongly criticised the bill. President Emmanuel Macron's government at first suggested a mix of steps to expel more undocumented people and improve integration, but right-wing senators managed to tighten up the text. The government planned to offer a general right for undocumented migrants working in sectors with labour shortages to stay legally. However, right-wing senators insisted that should only be an exceptional case-by-case basis. The new, tougher version of the bill also further restricts the ability of migrants to bring family members to France, birthright citizenship and welfare benefits. 
The Senate has approved the legislation, but the next stage is for it to appear at the committee reading stage by MPs next week. And then after that, it will make its way to the floor of the National Assembly for a general debate from the 11th of December. Uh, but the debates could last well into January because the opposition has refused to approve time limits on the duration of the discussions. Although ministers could yet force that legislation through using a constitutional, if controversial, tool. That was Russ Cullen. In the United States, the leading artificial intelligence company OpenAI has announced that its co-founder Sam Altman will return as CEO days after he was fired by the board. Altman was fired last week after OpenAI's board of directors said he no longer has confidence in his ability to continue leading OpenAI. Mark New takes a look. Many people here are saying it's been one of the wildest weeks ever in Silicon Valley. Let's recap what's happened so far. On Thursday, OpenAI co-founder and CEO Sam Altman actually gave a speech at the APEC CEO Summit touting how generative AI will be the most transformative and beneficial technology humanity has yet invented. No indication of trouble brewing then. On Friday, reports indicate Altman was attending the F1 Las Vegas Grand Prix. He gets a Google Meet call in his room from the board telling him he's fired. The board puts out a blog post that Altman had not been candid in his communication and no longer has confidence in him to lead. CTO, CTO Mira Miradi is named the interim CEO. On Sunday, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella announced that he's hired Altman to lead an advanced AI research team. Microsoft is a major backer of OpenAI. On Monday, former Twitch CEO Emmett Shear is named the new interim CEO of OpenAI, but 95% of OpenAI's employees signed an open letter threatening to quit if the board does not resign and if Altman is not reinstated. Now, Wednesday, in a clear sign of victory for the employees and a loss for the board, OpenAI posts this message on X. We have reached an agreement in principle for Sam Altman to return to OpenAI. As CEO, with a new initial board of Brett Taylor, Chair, Larry Summers, and Adam D'Angelo, we're collaborating to figure out the details. Thank you so much for your patience through this. Larry Summers is former U.S. Treasury Secretary. D'Angelo is CEO of Quora. And Brett Taylor is the former Salesforce CEO, who has also served as chairman on the board of directors of Twitter before Musk acquired it. That was Mark New reporting. Turning to China, the presidents of China and Uruguay have met in Beijing. They upgraded bilateral relations to a comprehensive strategic partnership. Wang Haiyang has more. China rolled out the red carpet for Uruguay's Louis Lacaipo state visit. President Xi Jinping held 35 years of diplomatic ties. The two countries have adhered to mutual respect, equal treatment, and win-win cooperation. He also noted this is the fifth year since Uruguay joined the Belt and Road Initiative. The Chinese president praised flourishing exchanges, in particular during the COVID-19 pandemic, where the two countries helped each other and worked together to fight the coronavirus. Xi Jinping elaborated on the connotations and the significance of Chinese modernization and expressed willingness to strengthen exchanges on governance with Uruguay. He said this will promote the modernization of the two countries and the world. Several fields for friendly exchanges and further cooperation include their legislators, trade-in services, the digital economy, and clean energy.
Xi Jinping also stressed cooperation under the BRI could be a new stage of high-quality development, and the two countries should continue to coordinate within multilateral mechanisms. And Xi Jinping hopes Uruguay will continue to promote China-Latin America cooperation and the cooperation between China and Mercosur, the Southern Common Market. President Lacayapo said Uruguay will actively support the Belt and Road Initiative and welcome more Chinese enterprises to invest in Uruguay. The two heads of state witnessed the signing of the Belt and Road Cooperation Plan and various cooperation documents. The two sides also issued a joint statement on the establishment of a comprehensive strategic partnership. China says the elevated partnership could make their relations a model for solidarity and cooperation between countries of different sizes, systems, and cultures. That was Wang Haiyang on the China-Uruguay ties. Recapping today's headlines, Israel says the release of hostages under a temporary truce with Hamas will not happen before Friday. OpenAI has announced that Sam Altman will return as CEO days after he was fired by the board. And China and Uruguay have upgraded bilateral relations to a comprehensive strategic partnership after their presidents held talks in Beijing. That's it for this edition of the Top Story, a podcast that brings you world headlines every weekday. For more news in politics, business, sports, and culture, you can subscribe to the Beijing Hour, a one-hour podcast news magazine program. We welcome and appreciate all ratings and reviews. I'm Sui. Thank you for listening.